0: Hello and welcome to the inaugural uh, episode of the What's Your Story podcast. We're here at Atonement Lutheran Church in Barrington, and uh, my name is Doug Bradbury. With me today is Ginny Kramer, uh, who's been one of the key uh, people involved in this What's Your Story project from the very beginning. So, Ginny, welcome.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm excited about this.
0: Yeah. Tell us a little bit about where this project started.
1: The project actually started as part of a research-based youth initiative. Uh, Jen Bradbury and I went to Pasadena and spent some time out there developing a curriculum uh, for telling your story um, to help kids understand their part in God's story. And we realized as we went through the process that this was really something the adults in our church mm. um, would really value mm-hmm. and, and benefit from as well. And we thought it would be great for our kids and our adults to have a common language and make it easier for people to talk about where they encounter God on a daily basis. Sometimes I think in our society, we're afraid to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. And this is really an opportunity to show that it's not a scary thing. It's a very natural thing. We tell the stories of our lives, and certainly God within our lives is part of that story.
0: Yeah. Wow. So this started as uh, what was going to be a youth project and has just kind of grown and expanded into this church-wide event.
1: Beyond anything that we expected (laughs) in the beginning. And again, I would say that is part of God's work right here in our congregation is it just kept on growing.
0: Uh So what are the different components of this project?
1: There's a few different things that we're working on. Obviously the biggest one um, is working in small groups because I think that's where a lot of people feel most comfortable telling Mm -hmm. their story. But a lot of people think that they don't have a story. And the small groups are designed with a curriculum to help people be guided through looking for God, looking back on their lives to see where he was present and active in their lives, um, and then practicing telling the story. And we're doing it in some really, really creative ways that we're excited about.
0: Great. So that's, what, a 10-week curriculum?
1: It is a 10-week curriculum, and it's a little bit different than anything we've done before. In the past, often mm -hmm. we've watched a video and then just responded to the video and read some scripture. This time we're going to start out with scripture, and then we're going to do some hands-on, as I said, interactive, um, very creative ways to to getting to people's stories. Help people
0: learn how to tell their stories. Absolutely. Find that language and practice it with each other.
1: And in different ways for different people. Some people are very comfortable with a lot of words. Some people are comfortable with fewer words. Um, So it'll be an opportunity to try it in in several different methods, I guess I would say. And
0: when are these starting?
1: We're starting next week, September 15th. And the nice thing about this, you had asked about the components of of -hmm. the storytelling um, uh, initiative. It's Not only the small groups, but we're also going to be covering what's your story in worship on a weekly basis. So starting on September 15th, the sermon will have to do with telling your story, uh, following the scripture, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then we'll have a different scripture for the small groups that week. So every week there will be two different uh, uh, scriptures tied to the project that we're working on that week.
0: Great. So our worship is going to be focused on that storytelling as well all the time.
1: Absolutely.
0: Amazing. And uh, what are we sitting in now?
1: We are in... The What's Your Story Storytelling Booth. If you haven't been to church in a while, when you walk in, this will be one of the first things that you've noticed. You'll notice it. (laughs) Absolutely. It was designed by some incredible carpenters and uh, decorated, if that's the right word, um, Mm -hmm. by some of our really great artists. Um, Yeah, there's an
0: amazing mural out front. And the
1: mural is really designed for everybody. It's supposed to represent everybody telling their story within this booth. So we're really, really excited about it. And throughout the whole fall, all all 10 weeks of this, we're going to be hearing people's stories. Uh, we already have a few, and we're going to talk mm-hmm. about some of those later today. Um, but if anybody is interested, the storytelling booth is open and available.
0: Yeah. And then um, there's one more uh, event to talk about in this project in November. Yeah.
1: This is uh, what we're calling a storytelling celebration. It's the What's Your Story culmination, effectively. It'll be on November 17th. It's a Sunday, and we are going to gather all generations together. We'll uh, eat and drink together, and we will hear and tell stories, Um, many of those practiced throughout this 10-week curriculum.
0: So we're going to have live storytellers. I'm excited. I'm a part of the planning for this event. We're kind of inspired by... Uh, the moth-style events, but we want to get people up telling their stories in real time and, and celebrating that together. Very we anticipate
1: laughter, tears, and a whole lot of faith that <laughs> night.
0: Yeah, amazing. Um, all right, so what are we going to listen to here today?
1: Today we have a couple um, a couple recordings that we want to share. One of them is by Paula Herman. And she is talking about an experience um, that she had where she really felt like God seemed hidden. Hmm. And it was an experience that she had when she was in Guatemala working at an orphanage. And uh, when we were talking about this storytelling booth, uh, Sam, my husband said, this is a story that needs to be told. It was so clear to him uh, because he experienced this with Paula and and Tim Mm -hmm. um, on this mission trip. So
0: your family was on this trip. We were on the mission trip with,
1: with them. Um, and it's Paula's experience of of God seeming hidden and then finding him within that story through our kids.
0: That's great. Let's, let's take a listen.
2: We were in a situation. We were in Guatemala with our children, um, two other families, one being the Kramer family and some other friends, and we were going to spend the week working at an orphanage. Um, we got there to this lovely place filled with plenty of food, toys, and most of all, love for these children. Our kids jumped right in. They were just embraced all of it. The, um, what they would call the children were their, the moms of the orphanage, loved our children. It it was a wonderful thing. Our third day there, they took us to a state-run orphanage. Now we're still thinking, orphanage, where we've been, Children, mm-hmm. we were taken there on a bus. We got off the bus. Immediately, there was like, almost like a guard gate that we had to go through. And this. we looked at the grounds. It was not this beautiful place with flowers and clean. It was almost felt like prison-like. Wow. Gray, cinder block buildings. Very... Um, isolating, and as we were walking, you could see some children just standing, looking out windows, there, no laughter, no ball playing, and everything that we had at the other orphanage. So as we were walking up, I, I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, like the kids. Mm-hmm. I, I was so worried about our kids. Between the three families, we had like seven kids, the oldest being my daughter who was a freshman in high school, youngest being Andy Kramer, he was maybe eight. Right. And I thought, as I'm walking up, I physically stopped in my tracks. I couldn't go any further. And I looked at Sam Kramer, I said, I can't do it. Oh, wow. And he looked at me, he said, you can. (laughs) It took literally a few minutes, Mm -hmm. deep breath. And as I'm looking, I'm thinking, the, our children are just going, right, walking ahead, wow. looking around. Wow. I was like, my gosh, I'm, I'm so worried about protecting them. Right. But as we got closer, the smell of kind of disinfectant, kind of bad food. And as we walked into the common area where the children were, I would say... All of them were either physically or mentally handicapped. I've never, you know, experienced a large group right. of children and young adults. Our kids walked in, and immediately we were kind of rushed
3: yeah. by
2: a lot of the children, and they did not speak clearly. They Some couldn't communicate at all and just made sounds. They were dirty. Mm-hmm. There was food and every kind of imaginable kind of smell Mm -hmm. and and our kids within minutes were interacting they didn't look at these children any different yeah Yeah. than the other kids and I was like oh my gosh because it was so different yeah and my thing was like first of all God that's why these kids are here people Mm -hmm. didn't want them right or couldn't care for them and why was this place so different mm-hmm. than the private? Yeah. And obviously that money and whatever else it right. took. But I just had to keep reminding myself that he loves those children yeah. just as much. Um, their situation's different, but I don't know. So I guess that was my... Right, <laughs> And right. I guess the coolest part is... Where I really did see God was through our kids. Yeah, I yeah. mean, His hands and feet for sure. Because they weren't afraid at all. Nothing they rushed. Nothing. In. They walked in like it, it was no different than a classroom at school yeah. than the orphanage we were at. Like, and I didn't know they would be that capable. I especially thought the younger boys would be afraid. Yeah. I was afraid. Right. Right. And how could they not? But they. How do you think your story fits into God's overall story
3: of love in the world? How does that experience tie in with his,
2: his bigger picture? His love is unconditional. Yeah. He, and he does. He loves and cares about all of us so much. That's wonderful. Whether we're perfect, which right. we are not perfect right. by any means, right. but whether it's physical, mental, whatever, handicap, whatever... Um, place we are in our life whatever we've done you know I mean he's he loves us right
1: oh thank you so much for sharing that wow it really was an incredible moment um, and and seeing our kids lead us in terms of faith and showing us where God was Mm -hmm. and showing his hands and feet right there at the orphanage was incredible
0: yeah yeah amazing how kids. And that's a lot of, what I think, what Jesus meant when he said to have faith like a child, to just run in full bore, ignoring whatever discomforts or awkwardness surrounded that, uh, that state-run orphanage. It's a really good example of a story, the kind of story we're looking for, too, right?
1: Absolutely. Sometimes I think we think that our stories about God or about God in our lives have to be something bad was happening. We found God, and then all of a sudden everything was okay. Mm -hmm. And I think Paula would tell you that things were not okay, any more okay before we were there than after we left. Uh, But we were changed by it. Mm -hmm. And even in those stories where God seems hidden, he's there and we need to be looking for him.
0: There's no great happy ending in that story, right? Like, the kids are still in that orphanage. Paula's still, obviously listening to her, still heartbroken by it, Um, but she was able to find God's presence in the midst of that.
1: Absolutely. how
0: so many of our stories go. This thing, whatever it is, is tough, but I find God here.
1: I think that's exactly what Paula was trying to tell us in, in that message, is those stories that we see on TV where everything is fixed are not necessarily the true stories yeah. of God in our lives.
0: Yeah. And I think we got another one we're going to listen to here, too, right?
1: We do. Uh, and this one is a little bit different. Um, this was an experience that Rob Harkey had uh, when he did one of our other churchwide initiatives. That's when we read the Bible in 90 days. Mm. And it really changed him and his perspective on God and I think this one was a a challenge for him it was one of those times when somebody experienced God when they stepped outside of their comfort zone or really challenged themselves Um, he talks about the fact that he was raised you know with 12 years of, of parochial school and didn't have an experience like this so to be surprised I think sometimes by how God works is also part of our story
0: yeah Great. Let's take a listen to it. You'll also hear, um, Cindy Malin is the interviewer here. So you'll hear her talking to Rob. Actually, it was a
4: program through the church here. It was okay. a Bible study class, a Bible reading that we did. And, um, it was actually a chronological reading, or Bible in 90 days. Bible so in
3: 90 Bible days. In 90 yep.
4: days. And it was kind of like a shortened version of it. And, um. Reading, reading the Bible, and especially the Old Testament, was very impactful for me. Um, I think with all the examples and all of, of God's influence on the Isra- Israelites and, <laughs> and, um, and just all the miracles that he created and the influence he had in their life and how real he was, it was just astounding for me. I don't know how much you actually believe it and make it concrete. Mm-hmm. And I think I was ready and reading the Bible... It just made those stories so concrete for me, and wow. it, was, it was amazing.
3: Wow, did you find yourself wanting to get back to the Bible and read it more?
4: I did. And so I ended up, uh, after those 90 days where it was just touching on each one of the books, Mm -hmm. I went back and I did a chronological reading of the Bible. Wow. And it was supposed to be 90 days. I think it took me 365
3: days. (laughs) Hey, that's right. You still did it.
4: (laughs) But I did, and I can say I read the whole Bible and the basis of my faith, which I think everyone should, right?
3: Wow, really cool. How how do you feel it changed your faith?
4: um, It just made... God more real and um, more present and I think I just recognize that the Holy Spirit is there and is real and influencing my life. There's a lot of times that I will go through my day and it's like whoa that was weird like that coincidence or something Mm -hmm. like that and I used to just write it off as like a coincidence and then now I look at it as the Holy Spirit and I call it a God moment.
3: So when you were doing the Bible in 90 days what did you learn about yourself during that time?
4: I think I probably learned that you know despite you know twelve years of uh or you know twelve years of Catholic education you know through I'm eighteen and then going to yeah. Catholic church for you know so many years after that that I didn't feel like I really knew the Bible that well, mm-hmm. and so I was really appreciative of uh, Lutheran Church of Atonement and, you know, our church and having these opportunities to actually read the Bible and and learn more about your faith and the basis for it. So I kind of learned like what I didn't know and I was very appreciative of it afterwards. So
3: what do you think God's perspective was of you during that time and since?
4: I think just very proud. Yeah. Yeah. I think God was very proud of me that he looks on down on us and just waiting for that moment where it all kind of clicks, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a teacher teaching the kids, and you're going over it again and again, and even after class, and then the kids, like, that aha moment and the light bulb goes on, they say. And so it was kind of like, yeah, I think kind of, kind of felt he was proud. I think...
3: Earlier, before we were recording, you said it was a life-changing experience for you. What can you do to take that life-changing experience maybe and share, share that with others?
4: Yeah, I think... Um, as a result of that and it just being so eye-opening and just so impactful god's presence in in my life right now and how real he really is and how present he really is is that i'm i'm proud of that i'm confident in that and and uh where i might have hesitated to speak about my faith or my religion you know i'm not and and i even try to influence others you know by maybe saying that was like a god moment um but most impactful per, pe- the people that I can impact the most are my immediate family yeah. and so even my children mm-hmm. so and I'm you know concerned about them right you want them to have this reality a lot sooner than, than I had it right. and 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 so encouraging them to go to church so
3: did you talk to your boys about it after you went through that experience did you share that eye opening
4: yeah I did process with I them did.
3: how do you think they it affected them you know,
4: fathers are father figures right mm-hmm. and i don't know sometimes they show their sensitivity side mm-hmm. at least you know our my dad's generation did not right and so to kind of see that and see that my father has faith and it's great mm-hmm. that my father does that and goes to men's bible study on occasion and, and so that that's great i think yeah. you know i think they look at that and they're accepting of it, right? They're yeah. open to it, and it's not abnormal. It's not weird or anything right, like right. that. So.
3: Yeah, I mean, what a great thing to make it. This is part of my life, and then that they realize it can be part of theirs as well. You know, right?
4: I mean, we we're supposed to be role models, right? You know, we talk about that, uh, the, our journey, right? Mm-hmm. Our,
3: faith our faith journey. journey mm-hmm.
4: And you go along, and it being so integral in every part of your life.
3: Yeah. And
4: I do feel that I am maybe less attuned with it right now and probably okay. need to get back to the Bible
3: mm-hmm. and
4: just read again. Well, because you found it.
3: how how impactful it was when right. you did it before, right. right?
4: Right. It's just, I think the sticking point is, where do I start?
3: Right. Mm-hmm. Are you doing a small group this fall? No. Ah, so maybe that's something, because the small groups this fall are basically taking all these stories from people from our congregation and using a snippet of your story and a snippet of Pat's story and a snippet of Doug's story. And, um, I mean, if if you're interested in getting hooked up with a small group, whether it's you and Karen or just you, I mean, there's a whole bunch of them. And that might be a great starting
4: point. Okay, sure. Yeah, Yeah, So Mary
3: Williams, actually, if you want to see her today, I mean, she's got signups out there if that's something you want to do, because I agree, it helps. That's probably one of the reasons 90 Bible Days was such a, you had a group, right? You had yeah. a plan. Yeah. This was great. This is exactly what we wanted. This okay. is, thank you. I love it.
4: Oh, good. thank you for being a moderator. No, this so this great. was, your
0: questions were awesome.
3: Well, good. So thank Awesome. You Thanks so much. for sharing your story. Thank you. All right.
0: Uh, Cindy kind of went in for the uh, the cell at the, at the end there to get uh, Rob to join one of those small groups.
1: Well, I think it would be beneficial for everybody in our congregation to be part of a small group. Again, so we have that common language and that we feel more comfortable sharing our stories, not only with each other, but Rob talked about that too, getting more comfortable with sharing them outside of these walls.
0: Yeah, that um, sounds like a really impactful, kind of life-changing experience for him of going cover to cover on the Bible.
1: And again, sometimes when you challenge yourself and push yourself, you have, what did he call it, uh, an aha moment? Yeah, yeah. And Uh I think that God does love those aha moments.
0: That's kind of what we're trying to connect with here, connecting our story to God's big story, finding our place in it.
1: We look forward to hearing your story and the rest of the congregation's stories over the coming weeks.
0: Well, for today, that's our story. Now what's your story? This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior.